Are you proposing to your readers on the first date? No joke, but that's the equivalent of what most authors are doing when they think they're actually marketing their book. In the last episode of the Authorship Secrets podcast, I stressed the importance of relationships and marketing. So whilst contemplating that idea, I remembered that I recorded a special lesson on relationships for my private Facebook group back on Valentine's Day. This was such an awesome lesson and many of the members from our community had some major epiphanies from it. And whilst this is a community for paying clients, I knew that I had to share it with you anyway. So with that said, we'll cue the intro and get into the lesson. What's going on everyone? This is Ty Hillam and you're listening to Authorship Secrets Radio. So here's the real mystery. Why is it that authors are the only professionals who have to work a normal job just to make ends meet? They can dedicate years of their life to produce a work of art that no one ever reads. What if there was a way to earn a real income selling your book and get it into the hands of your ideal reader? What if there was a way for authors to ditch their job and make authorship their full-time profession? That's the glaring question, and this podcast will take you on a journey to this answer. My name is Ty Hillam, and welcome to Authorship Secrets Radio. G'day everyone, it's Ty Helen here and I wanted to make a special welcome to you for this week's live Q&A special for Valentine's Day and this particular edition of our Q&A is all about how marketing and relationships are very similar. So when you're, when you're going through uh, your marketing you need to think about it a bit like dating and the way we do that is well, you want to basically understand um, the customer journey and the way that you're taking someone towards making that big commitment. So I would like to ask you this question and I want you to uh, think about the answer to yourself as I go through each of these. So how often do you see other authors in Facebook groups trying to pitch their book to complete strangers, someone who's probably never met them before, never spoken to them before, or even interacted with them uh, on, on that Facebook group. Now, same question, but this time, how often have you seen that happen in other author groups where one author is trying to pitch their book directly to other authors? Maybe you've even done it yourself. Uh, whether or not that's the case, if you think about that, it just screams desperation, right? Whether you like that or not, that's what it is. It's, it's being very desperate and needy. And the question I like to pose is, when was the last time you went on a date with someone who was that desperate? Probably never, right? And if you did, you probably did it because you felt sorry for them. And how long did that last? I'm gonna guess it didn't last very long. You know, maybe, maybe a date, two, maybe even dated for a few months, but I probably dare say that if that's the way the relationship started, that it didn't continue for very long. So the the whole point is, if you're going out there and you're putting yourself out there, which is good, but you're doing it in the wrong way, then it's it's not gonna work. And it's just the same with dating and relationships. So dating and marketing, this is how we're gonna go through it. When you're, when you're looking to date someone, you want to know what your type is, right? The whole point of that is, if you're, if you're a very quiet sort of person, 
uh, introverted and like you like going to libraries and things like that and you find someone who's a, a, a massive extrovert they're, they like to go to parties and clubs and all these sorts of things. You know, you might find that there's an attraction, but if your types aren't aligned, then, you know, once the, the initial honeymoon period is over, it's, it's not going to last very long. And it's the same with marketing too. So when we're talking about knowing your type, we want to make sure that from a marketing perspective, it's all about having that customer avatar worked out knowing who it is that you're trying to appeal to. So that way, even if there is an attraction there, you're making sure it's a good fit because we're trying to, we're trying to take them on a journey from, start, from where you're starting, where you're just meeting them and, and starting to build that rapport to a big commitment. And if you don't have these little things aligned, then that, that relationship is not going to be able to go all the way through to the end. It's not going to go all the way to that big commitment. So. It means that you're wasting your time, or you're wasting their time for starters, but you're also wasting your own time because if you want to uh, make this a financially viable um, business, author business, then you want to be able to take them as far along that journey towards that, that full commitment as you can. And in relative terms, you've heard me speak about this before, but it's about being able to take them up a value ladder. And the only way you can take them up a value ladder from one offer to the next offer to the next offer is if they're a good fit for what you are offering. So knowing your type when you're dating means that you're going to be able to go from dating to moving in slash getting engaged to getting married. Um, the order in which you personally would do that is going to depend on um, your preferences, but that's generally how it's going to go, right? So it's the same for marketing. You, you want to take them from never, never heard of you before to being interested and then taking small steps or small levels of commitment, very like microtransactions, so to speak, towards making a much bigger one or the next bigger one, et cetera. So that's why it's really important to know your type in dating. Well, the equivalent in marketing is all about knowing your customer avatar. Now, the next one is knowing where they hang out. And, and this is really important as an extension to the, the previous one where we spoke about um, knowing your type. Because when you know your type, and, and marketing, that means knowing your avatar, then you're going to know where they hang out. If you're putting all of your efforts into Facebook, but they spend most of their time on LinkedIn, then you're not going to be able to meet them in the first place. You're not going to find yourself being able to actually interact with them and therefore putting your best foot forward and getting them to know that you exist for starters. But then seeing all the things that you're doing that's going to get them to become interested in you and, and then progress that relationship. So when you, when you know your avatar, so your type, you're going to be able to learn about where they hang out. And then you can start spending more time where they are. So you've got to meet them where they are. Uh, and that could be Instagram. It could be um, old school type internet forums as opposed to Facebook groups. Uh, it might be on Twitter. You know, there's a whole host of places. And they might be on more than one, but it's about knowing where they prefer to hang out. And you know, going back to that other example, when we're talking about um, quite introverted librarian versus um, a party goer that likes to go clubbing, well, if that is your type and you're not hanging out in the clubs, then you're not going to be able to meet them, right? So we want to know 
who they are, and where they're hanging out. The third one is to have a purpose and know where you're taking the relationship. So I think that a lot of us could probably um, draw this parallel. But think, think about some of the relationships you've had in your past and it seemed really good. You probably, you might have even been head over heels in love and you might have thought that person was the one. But you might have been dating for a long time, maybe, you know, years maybe. And the relationship just wasn't progressing. And eventually you got to the point where you got sick of it. So you just opted out. You just said, I've had enough. Um, you know, you might want to settle down and get serious and get engaged and you might be wanting to think about kids and all these sorts of things and maybe your partner had no interest. And it's, it's not just for women, the same goes for men too. So in dating and relationships, if, you, if you're not going to commit to going all the way towards you know, marriage and children and things like that, uh, and your partner wants to, then it's not going to last very long. You know, that relationship is going to run out of steam eventually. Well, in marketing, if you don't understand where you're actually taking this person, then that's the same thing that's going to happen. There's going to be initial interest and they're going to follow you and like you and uh, see what you're all about. But if you don't have a clear understanding about where you're taking them and you don't lead them towards that goal, then eventually they're going to get sick of it. They're going to get bored and they're going to leave. They're going to move on to something or someone else. So your job is to understand where you're actually taking them. So to demonstrate this, I want to talk about Eugene Schwartz's five levels of customer awareness. And for those of you who are listening via the podcast, you're not going to be able to see this, but I'm going to post a link in the show notes. So hopefully this comes out. Just for those who are at home watching this now, I just want to make sure you can actually see this. All right, so we've got the five levels. And we're going to start with, uh, on the far left, we've got unaware. So this is someone who's completely unaware that they have um, a problem, a pain, or even potentially a desire. So they have no, no clue that they're actually interested in the thing that you're doing. So within that, when you're um, speaking to them, the whole purpose is to basically educate them. We want to demonstrate, and, and we should always do this, no matter what level we're talking about, but we want to entertain. You know, we want them to, to basically tune in because they find it enjoyable. And then throughout that process, if they're getting an education um, and learning about this thing that they have not yet realized is a problem for them, then they, it's going to help them understand this is something they might be interested in. Because the whole point of, of, of that phase of the levels of awareness is that you want to progress them to the next level. So I'll just hold that up again and I'll quickly, quickly talk through them. So we've got um, unaware over here and then we've got problem aware, solution aware, your solution aware, or we could say your product aware. So they're aware of your product. And then we've got most aware here. So the idea is we want to take someone all the way from the unaware side all the way across to most aware. And we'll go into detail a little bit on each of them, but basically most aware or here to here is basically where the big commitment gets made. This is where someone pulls out their wallet and actually spends money to become a customer of yours. So 
excuse me, when we're, when we're talking about um, dating and marketing and how that mixes together, well, when someone's unaware, that means that they, they haven't met you yet, right? Or perhaps uh, they're not in a relationship, but they, they're not ready for a relationship yet. So they may have been in relationships before, but right now they're not. And maybe they're just happy with that right now. They may or may not move on to the next level. But for most people, because this is the way we're wired, eventually we're going to have that desire to want to be in a relationship again. And if they're not in a relationship, that means they're moving from unaware to, um, from unaware to problem aware. So at that point, when we're marketing, we want to actually talk about the pain points and then talk about the benefits of your product, right? So when we're, when we're talking to them, if, we, if we've understood who they are, so knowing your type or your avatar, understand where they are in their customer journey. And when they're, just, when they're very new to you, they're probably going to be somewhere between unaware towards solution aware. Uh, the earlier you can catch them, the more success you're going to have. And the whole reason for that is when you're the one that's helping them through their journey and you get to them before anyone else, they're going to remember that. You're building up rapport with them. Um, if you come late, unless you're, what you're offering is just so much better than everyone else, then it's going to be very hard for you to cut through the noise because they've already got rapport with someone else. So that's why we want to get in early. So rather than the authors who are in other Facebook groups, let alone author groups, who are pitching people that are complete strangers, they, they need to take a step back. You know, what they're really doing is their message is basically the type of message that you would otherwise give to someone who's either uh, solution slash product aware to most aware. And that is why it doesn't work. That is why it turns people off and they run away because it's like kneeling down on one knee and proposing to a complete stranger. That's the equivalent. So we want to be, we want to find the people that are around that sort of unaware to problem aware stage. And that's where we're pitching a message and the type of message we're pitching is talking about the pain points, introducing the benefits um, and so on. So once you've done that, and this may take a number of interactions to do this, you know, each one of these levels is not just a single, uh, just a single interaction. So there, there could be multiple. Let's hold that up again. So we've got problem awareness, stressing the pain and, and talking about the benefits. And then we're moving across to solution aware. So this is where we're actually starting to talk really about your product. And it's where we want to say um, how your product is the best. But simultaneously, if you've got to them early enough, and this isn't something they're totally familiar with, then you've got a huge benefit. And that benefit is that we get to set the buying criteria. And this one's huge because a lot of the time, and this might, this might seem a little bit strange, but a lot of the time, people go into something that they would like to solve a problem for without actually having criteria in mind that helps them decide what is best. They have like a default set of criteria that they intrinsically will use to make decisions. But if you've, if you've heard me before talk about loss aversion, then you'll understand where I'm going with this. But effectively, people are afraid of making the wrong decision. And that is why they like to understand something as much as possible before they make a commitment. And if they don't have that, um, 
that degree of feeling like they understand something properly to make an informed decision, then the default they will go to is making no decision at all. So that's what loss aversion is about. We don't want to get our decisions wrong. And that is why multiple choice is actually a bad thing. You, you really want to present them with one option. And that way they either say yes to it or they say no to it. Very, very few um, iterations that they can choose from. So with loss uh, aversion, we want to make sure that they feel educated enough that they can make the right decision. And that is why setting the buying criteria for them is such, such a powerful thing. And you can only really do that effectively if you've got to them early enough uh, in the levels of awareness. So we want to tell them and educate them how they should be making their decisions. And if you've done that effectively, when they go to decide around the sort of solution awareness to product awareness phase, if you've stressed the importance of the benefits of what you're offering versus what your potential competition might be offering, then guess what? When they're weighing up the pros and cons, they're gonna see all the pros for your particular uh, solution versus the cons of your competition. And then your, your particular, particular option is going to be the best solution for them naturally. So if you've built up a really good relationship with them, you've got the emotion there, and most of our buying decisions are formed around emotion first, and then later justified with logic. So um, if we take that back to dating again, uh, when you're in high school, and this, this, when we're talking about dating relationships, so these sorts of analogies are probably the best because we know there's so much emotion uh, around dating when you're in your teenage years. But you know, when you see a boy or a girl that's very attractive, that's, that's where the emotion kicks in, right? But if that person uh, had a lower level of status than you, then you would see that as a risk. And this is where loss aversion kicks back in. So you might be very attracted to that person, but if their status is lower than yours, it is a personal risk to you to engage in a relationship with them because that could hurt your status. And therefore, you, you probably decline to go out with them or demonstrate that you're actually interested. Now, that's not necessarily true in 100% of the time, but I'm sure you can understand that. You know, people, are, we don't like to lose our status that we've worked very hard to build up. It's very dangerous uh, to do that. And from an evolutionary sense, if we lose our status within our tribe, that could be life-threatening. So on the flip side of that, if their status is at least equal to, if not higher than our own, then that is going to reduce that loss aversion because it's actually going to help improve our status uh, or at the very minimum, it won't erode it. So then it becomes a very logical decision to actually move forward with that relationship provided it's a beneficial type arrangement. So with your marketing, when you're setting the buying criteria and you're, sh you're proving to them that the criteria they should use to help them improve themselves, to take themselves to the next level or improve their status, uh, give them more happiness or whatever it is that your benefits stress, then by setting that criteria, you're effectively helping them to make sure that they're making the right decision by choosing you. And therefore, they're not going to lose something in the process. So it's a very important step. Now, that kind of goes hand in hand uh, with being solution or product aware. Just move that forward a bit closer so you can see it. So we want to reinforce uh, and expand on the benefits of your product. So again, we're always talking about benefits, not features. 
features are, are a logic type thing, whereas the benefits are more about helping them future pace and seeing how their life is going to be improved by what, you, what it is that you're offering. And then the last, the last uh, phase of that is uh, moving them to most aware. So that basically means at that point, they know all the solutions that are out there. They probably know your, or they should know your solution or your product uh, quite intimately. And at that point, if they haven't pulled the trigger and actually purchased what it is that you're offering, then it basically means that something, there's an objection they have that's stopping them from moving forward. And it, it really could be many different things. It could just be the fact that they're, well, it usually comes down to wanting to get the best deal. And, and again, this links back to loss aversion too. Um, they might have decided that you have the best thing for them, but they still just need a bit of a push to make that financial commitment. Um, you know, everything might look good on the surface, but they just need something extra to get them over the line. And this could be just something as simple as making sure they feel like they're getting a good deal. Uh, it's amazing what a good deal can do for people and how that makes them feel about whether or not they've been looked after and, and all those sorts of things. So uh, for you, it could be offering a discount or something like that. Tying it back to relationships, well, if, if a man is proposing to a woman or vice versa, uh, but especially in, in that first scenario, if the man presents a really, really poor quality or low-valued ring, then that's not going to impress the woman, is it? She's not really going to feel like she's been looked after or that she's valued. But if he pulls out um, a giant diamond ring, you know, a carrot or more, and it's, it's shiny and looks beautiful and all these sorts of things, and it might be months worth of his salary, then that's going to demonstrate to her that she's making a good decision because this man has resources and also he's looking after her that he values her that much, that he would put that much effort and time uh, into presenting her with that gift. So that's ultimately where we want to get people to. We, we want to get them from being totally unaware of who you are all the way through to wanting to get engaged and, and marrying you. So, and then from there, we want to progress the relationship too. So that, I guess, uh, in the dating terms, that would be like having children and, and things like that. Uh, whereas for you, in your, in your book offer, you really want to be able to take them up to the next level of your value ladder. So that's progressing the relationship further and further and further. You know, the, the longer you're together, the more intertwined you become in their lives. So that's how marketing and dating or relationships are very similar. And the funny thing is, you know, this isn't a coincidence that there's a lot of these parallels. You know, it all comes down to the way human beings think and, and operate, right? It's all about human psychology and the way that we try to protect ourselves and improve ourselves. So there's so many parallels. And the question I'd like to pose to you so you, you can think about how to apply this because trying to remember everything we've just discussed might be a bit challenging. But if you remember nothing else other than this, it is that if you were in a relationship, how comfortable would you be if someone was to, to do something to you that you are now trying to do to someone else. So before you make a decision to go forward and, and do something uh, in the way you're trying to interact with your potential customers and so on, you need to ask yourself, how would I feel if that was done to me in a relationship? And if you can kind of understand the, the parallel between that in dating and what you're doing with your marketing, 
then you will be you will be able to identify yourself whether or not that's going to be an effective way to get through to the person and are you actually taking them you know from each step of the journey as you go through or are you just kind of trying to go straight to the marriage proposal because if it's a ladder then you probably shouldn't do it now how can you apply some of these things in reality as well um, you know in terms of some more dating type um, metaphors so there's a, there's a lot of like little tactical type things that you can do throughout that as well to actually help someone move from each of those different stages. So we talked about educating, talking about benefits, proving your products the best, um, expanding on and, and introducing more benefits, et cetera, as you go through those, those levels of awareness. Uh, but there's other sort of small things you can do in there as well. One of them is that you want to be able to find things in common. And again, I should probably stress that this all comes back to knowing your type or having the right avatar but you want to find things in common. The things that when you talk about, they're going to be interested in because what you might talk about could be very important to them, but if they don't find it interesting, then they're not going to listen. Um, and if you've been in a relationship with someone that you really like, you will give them your attention when they're talking about something. But if they're passionate about something that you're really not, then you know, you'll probably just... You might be in one ear and out the other, or it just might be that you're listening just because you're a good person and you want to support them. But that's, that's only going to work in a, in a very intimate relationship that's gone much further. It's probably not going to work much earlier in the levels of awareness. Uh, the other thing is you want to keep it fresh and interesting. So in the dating stages, if you take someone on a, a movie and a, a dinner date and you have a really great time, that's, that's fantastic. But if your second date, you go do the same thing and the third date, you do the same thing and you don't really have any variation there. You don't have anything new and interesting. The other person is going to get bored very quickly. You, know, you need to impress them. You need to keep them entertained and, and curious and all these sorts of things. So you want to keep it fresh and interesting and that will help you progress the relationship. But the next one is you want to be a giver, right? And, you know, we've all... We've all seen relationships, if not experienced them, but we've all seen relationships where one person is much more committed to it than the other person. And the person who's usually the one giving is usually the one who's interested in taking it to that next level. But if the other person isn't giving back, that one side of relationship isn't going to go very far. Now, for you, if you're not giving a lot of value to your potential customer, or your prospective customer, the person you want to go up to the next level, then they're not going to put the effort in. You're courting them. So you've got to put the effort in. But as an added bonus, you want, you want to try and encourage and, and be very clever in how you get them to provide some value back to you. Um, a one-sided relationship doesn't work in the long term for anyone. So you need to be, basically you've got different levels of value. It's like a value exchange, I guess you could say. And if, if this is you, and you're providing all this extra value and, and that value exchange is just getting huge and huge and huge and you don't give this person that you're trying to buy from you or that you'd like to buy from you an opportunity to level out that value. You know, they may not match you, but if you don't give them that opportunity, then guess what? They're not going to just go ahead and do it. So you've got to find clever ways to um, incentivize them, I guess, to provide um, value in exchange for the value you have given them. And that could be monetary, it could be testimonials, reviews, all sorts of things. But you need to encourage them to give value back so long as you have already given a lot more value first. 
The next one is that you need to interact frequently and consistently. And this one is huge because I, I can guarantee that almost every single one of you are going to be scared out of your daylights to do this. And I know this because I've heard it time and time again. But essentially, you need to communicate with your customers or your potential customers frequently, not just in the lead up to the purchase, but also after it. And that means you need to be emailing them frequently, like at the very minimum once a week. Uh, and you could get away with daily. I'm, I kid you not. Um, I know people very well who actually email their list about five times a week. And when they have stopped emailing them, a lot of people, so a good percentage, maybe up to about 10% of people on their list, were so upset that they had stopped emailing them, that they contacted them and, and were freaking out that maybe they'd missed something or they'd been opted out or something like that, unsubscribed. Because that person was giving so much value to these people that they were looking forward to receiving their emails and their correspondence. And I know for a fact that most of us, including yourself, have also been on lists where you are just sick to death of getting these communications. You feel like it's just spamming, spamming you and your inbox is filling up with junk and you don't like that feeling. So as a result, you feel like other people are going to be the same towards you if you contact them or email them frequently. And I can tell you that that's not the case if you do this properly. So taking it back to relationships, imagine you've started dating someone and you've had like three really great dates and there's a, a really big connection. And then all of a sudden you go quiet. You stop contacting them. And then all of a sudden they're freaking out that they've done something wrong, that they're, they're losing you or something like that. Well, that's why it's important to interact frequently um, and consistently with them. So, you know, if you're saying that I'm going to have a, a new episode of my podcast or whatever it is on whatever basis, then you want to keep doing that because um, this links into the next point, which is trust is key. But if you say you're going to do something and you don't do it, well, you're going to break that trust. So if you say that you're going to do something every week, then you really should do it every week. Um, because you will keep them interested up to a point. But if you stop doing something after you've been doing it for a long time, then you're going to lose that trust. Um, and they're also going to get, they're going to find something else that interests them. You know, people have very short memories in terms of, you know, the way when they're into something and it just takes one thing to break a habit. And then all of a sudden that habit is very hard to start again. So, you know, it can take, something like 30 days to form a habit. But once that habit is broken, well, guess what? You're going to have to go through that process again. And linking on to that next point, which is trust is key. Well, just the same in a relationship. You know, it takes a long time to form trust with someone. But once you've broken that trust, it's very hard to regain. And it doesn't take much to break it either. So um, with your marketing, you know, if you have a brand or uh, something that you're known for, that, that, that is your thing, that, that drew that person towards you and that's what they, they like about you and for some reason you do something that um, contravenes that, then that is breaking the trust about this thing that you've been selling yourself as because you've got to remember that they're not just buying into a book, right? A book is a product. You're offering a solution, a solution around your book and you know, earlier in, in the program, 
we go through all of that, but for you, you've got to understand what that solution is that you're offering and how that links up with the person, your type or your avatar. So that way you're continuously, everything you do is around that solution. The, the problem or pain or desire that your dream customer has. <clears throat> so you want to make sure that you've, you've built up that trust, but you continue to maintain it. And then the last point is that you shouldn't expect any real commitment right away. So just like any good relationship, um, the journey that you're taking your customer on or prospective customer is a journey. It's, it's not just a, I don't know you straight into we're getting married tomorrow type arrangement. It's, it's a journey towards there. But even once you get there, it's still a continuous journey into the future. And that journey should be laid out on your value ladder. So the initial commitment is going to be something small like I don't know you to I know you enough and like you enough that I would like to go on a date with you. you know, there's no expectation right at, at the dating stage. There should be no expectation. Like, that's like getting someone to opt into your list. Just because they've subscribed doesn't mean that they owe you anything. It doesn't mean that they're making a commitment to going to the next level with you. Um, and then and we continue the dating from there. So you know, once you have been on a number of dates, you should at least be able to decide whether or not you're truly interested in this person. They are interested enough at the dating stage or once they've subscribed, but it's up to you to show them such a good time and make them feel good enough about themselves and give enough value to them that they will want to go steady. And going steady with you might be just to buy your front end offer, which would be your, your initial book offer. But again, we know that that's just a small commitment at the, at the front end. Um, you know, it might take weeks, it might even take months for some people just to get to that point. But the real money is not made on the first thing that you sell to your customer. The real money is made as you progress the relationship higher and higher up the value ladder. So that is effectively how dating and relationships, relationships and marketing are so similar. And a really good way to approach your marketing is to think about it as a relationship with someone. And I know that you know, to be truly successful, you're gonna to have to sell thousands of copies of your books. And to try to form that one-on-one -on -one relationship would be next to impossible. But if you can understand as, as a group, where your dream customers are in their level of levels of awareness, then you, you don't have to think of them as individuals for every one of them at every point of the stage. Just think of one person at each level of the stage and the, the message that you're putting out that will attract them initially at that sort of a unaware to problem aware stage. And then once you've got them, you're trying to get them to, to make a small commitment which is to give them something that's relatively, um, well, not too risky, just to sort of wet their, wet their toes and, and basically get into the very early, early stages of that relationship. Uh, so you've got to understand what they're interested in so you can offer that to them. And that way you can grab their contact details. And once you've got their contact details, now you can email them. Now you can tell them that you've got a Facebook group or to come like your Instagram or your Facebook or whatever it is. So that way you've got more channels that you can appeal to them. And hopefully you tailor that channel towards where they would like to hang out or the sort of place that they prefer to hang out. And that way you're going to have a better chance of getting them to take that, that other micro transaction or that other micro commitment 
towards a more solid um, transaction or a commitment. So I hope that helps some of you in understanding how to communicate with your customer. There's, there's a lot of other aspects involved, but if you understand this concept of relationships and marketing at that sort of higher level, and you can keep that in mind when you're trying to decide how you're going to create um, the messages that you put out and the way that you collect information and then disseminate your own information um, from there, then it's going to make a noticeable difference to the way that people interact with you. And you will find that after you've been at this for a little while, you're going to have to massage it a little bit. You know, you, the first time you try to ask someone out, it doesn't go too well. But after you've tried it a few times and you've grown up a bit, it becomes much easier. You, you get a feeling for the right signals to send out and that you're getting in return. And that, that part there, the signals that you're getting in return is actually the key point there because you're going to have to try a number of things before you start to get those signals that tell you that what you're doing is working. So testing and iteration is an ongoing process. And if you understand that high level uh, concept, then you're going to be able to try to uh, create or engineer the process that you would take your customer through. And you know, it's a funnel at the end of the day. So the people that start at the top aren't always going to continue to the next level. So it is to a certain degree a numbers game. But the better you understand the, very, the early stages, the more people you're going to be able to get up here at the top and therefore the more people will continue down to each stage towards making a commitment or the first financial transaction uh, which would be going steady to the next financial uh, commitment which would be the next level in your value ladder which might be getting engaged and then actually saying yes or I do um, at the altar and then choosing to actually have children and so on. So you know, each of those big, big commitments uh, in a relationship are equivalent to the next step on your, on your value ladder. So that, that is it. That's marketing and uh, relationships. Um, I hope that if you get any benefit or value from that, that you will comment that uh, within the group and come back to the group and, and tell people that come watch this video. Or if you're listening to the podcast, then um, leave a review uh, for the podcast, share it, uh, and tell people that this is something that can help them with their marketing, whether they're an author or not. You know, these concepts are the same for any type of marketing, any type of product or service that, that's out there. So I hope you've enjoyed it and I look forward to seeing you in the next one. All right, how good was that? Before I sign off, I just wanted to quickly let you know what I've got installed for you in the next episode. And believe me, this isn't something you wanna to miss. Today, I mentioned the importance of knowing your type when we're using that dating to marketing analogy or otherwise known as having a customer avatar? Well, in our next episode, I've got a real treat for you. I have the privilege of bringing to you one of my mentors. He's the co-founder of the world's fastest growing software company, a multiple best-selling author, and one of the world's leading marketers. And on top of all that, he's going to help you get real clear on who your dream customer is and how to find them. So make sure you tune in for that. I can't wait to bring it to you. Hey, if you love this episode, don't forget to subscribe and to leave feedback. You know, I read all the comments and I really take on board all the feedback. So I'd love to see what you have to say 
and how you're enjoying the show and anything you'd like me to cover. So thanks in advance.